she kept a job that she was getting paid for and I quit my job to focus on Viper. And so we would like kind of live off of like money that she made from her job. And wow. really, yeah, we, I mean, That's we, shared, a partnership. we shared everything like from groceries to, you know, we did everything together. There was never, never a time where it was like mine or yours, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So now we're just like, we've just never been like that over money. I've heard before yeah. stories of partnerships. Oh, where, yeah. yeah. Which I understand, uh, but I'm very thankful that we're not like that. <laughs> I'm Tom Ward, and over the last couple of years, I've had the chance to sit down with some of the biggest celebrities and influencers in the world. What I've always found most fascinating is the stories of the businesses that they've built behind the scenes. On this show, you'll get an inside look of what it takes to build a successful business from some of the biggest celebrities, business people, and up and coming entrepreneurs in the world. This is the Tom Ward Show. Guys, welcome to the Tom Ward Show where I talk to the biggest entrepreneurs in the world and we get motivation, inspiration, and real tips on how to start or grow your business. Today I'm here with Celeste Derve. I pronounce that correct. Yeah. I always get people's names wrong at the beginning. It's perfect. perfect, right? Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course. And you're the founder or co-founder mm -hmm. of Viper, a bespoke hospitality mm -hmm. uh, group. And yes. I had to look that word up, bespoke. <laughs> and it means custom, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're a bespoke. Uh, suit, you know, mm -hmm. a custom-made suit. Yeah. And that really kind of describes what you guys do because you do a little bit of everything depending on the customer you have. Yes. Yeah. So we're a guest experience agency. And mm -hmm. the reason that we use the word bespoke is because we really created the concept. So we started almost seven years ago. And when we came on the scene, it was like we had this idea to take over guest experience and run the doors of these big events and these nightclubs. Um, and since then, the brand has really evolved and we do different things, but it really is like a custom experience for every client. So we have different clients that we do completely different things for, all within the same range, but that's why we use the word bespoke because there was, word. Just, there was just no word that was going to explain it in that initial sentence. Well, I mean, you do a lot of stuff now, but kind of your origin story is mm -hmm. you started out doing one specific thing. Yeah. You saw a hole in the market mm -hmm. for working the door mm -hmm. and it seemed like they people weren't doing it right at the time. Mm -hmm. You said that they'd throw bartenders in who didn't know how to use the iPads or anything. When you say working the door, no one invites me in events. I went to an event like last month, right? And are you talking about where you go in, mm -hmm. they check you and see if you're on the list, yes. they give you the iPad, ask for yeah. your info, then yeah. they have the step and repeat thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what you mean by working the door, so, right? Yeah. So basically how what happened was Kelsey and I were very young interns. I would have been like 18. She would have been 21. And as an intern, you just get asked to do everything. So they'd be like, go get us lunch, go do this, go take my dog to the vet. Like really the most <laughs> absurd things. But one of the things they would always ask us to do is, cause we were, it was an event production company and a nightlife company. Can you go stand at the door and check people in? And what we just didn't understand was they were paying a million dollars to throw these events. They were, a million bucks? Oh yeah, because they were having huge performers at these oh, things, okay. you know, and these were really large scale events, tons of celebrities, tons of talent. And so something we didn't understand is why do you guys not think of like the first thing that your guests see? And it was always a disaster. Nobody <laughs> knew where they were going. This was like seven, eight years ago. So yeah. nobody knew where they were going. Uh, there was no system. They would hand you a piece of paper with people's names on it, which also made no sense to me. They give it I'm, to the guest? No, to, to the girls, oh, the people checking okay. in, yeah. you know? And we also weren't getting paid because we were unpaid interns. And so there was a lot of missing parts here. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so originally we were actually interns and I had told, you know, Kelsey and I talked about it. And then we had told our boss at the time, why don't you let us build kind of like this front door experience underneath you guys? And they were like, dumbest idea I've ever heard. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and thank God for that. You know, it's funny. And the same thing happened to me. I love Forbes. Congratulations mm, on your you. Forbes 30 under mm -hmm. 30. But I started doing these interviews and I'm like, okay, I'm interviewing like big names, but I'm only getting like an 800 word mm -hmm. article out. There's like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. People would want to see the whole thing. So I'm like, mm -hmm. let's film it. So yeah. they brought out a film crew and we did one and they cut it down to like two minutes and I wasn't in it at all. And I'm like, what does that do for me? No mm -hmm. one knows I did the interview. I go, right. pass, I'm going to do it myself. Right. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, and I think going like taking the independent route is like, so much more fulfilling if you have the hustle and the drive. A hundred percent. And it's funny, how good does it feel? Because I've also read that that wasn't um, the best, most understanding boss you've ever had. <laughs> yeah. So how good did it feel to <laughs> yeah. them say no? Mm -hmm. And like, it sounds like you were good employees. Mm -hmm. I read that you're always the first to get there, always the mm -hmm. last to leave as yeah. unpaid interns. Mm -hmm. You've got a good idea, you bring it to them yeah. and you're trying to do like the right thing. Like, hey boss, I got a great idea. This could work mm -hmm. for you guys. 
And then they shoot it down and say it's a horrible yeah. idea. Yeah, they said it was a horrible idea. And I mean, they were terrible to us anyways. It was a very <laughs> abusive work environment, extremely verbally abusive. And I don't think they would have gotten away with what they did then now. Cause like- It's different. The, yeah, the climate is so different. Uh, but at the time, you know, especially working your way into like any LA industry, you kind of just put your head down. And so, yeah. And we, deal with all that and stuff. And you deal with all of that. Yeah, I was always the first one there. I remember there was days where they would have nothing for me to do and I would get in at 10 and they would keep me till 6 p.m. with nothing to do because at 6 p.m. they wanted me to take out the trash are you kidding I me I swear on my life and so I remember how absurd the working conditions were um and that was like the, that was the nice way to put it because it was way worse than that and well so, let's just pause on that real quick there was yeah. two quotes that jumped out at me uh -oh. and I'm not sure tell me if it was directed <laughs> okay. at you or your partner okay. one was you're so friendly I'm surprised you haven't got raped yet yeah that was to me yeah as an 18 year old in an office Who said, and coming from a woman coming from a woman and she said in front of everybody in the office um because we were in the nightlife space so we would you know work events and things like that and i was always very friendly which is why i was always put out the door and that's a problem um, somehow apparently and uh yeah and she had said that to me and i just remember i was just silent and Kel kels was in the room and it was cr it was crazy yeah and that was like i mean she said lots of things but that was one of them the other yeah. one was you should never go out of the house without makeup, without makeup. on. Was that you yeah, or was that, that her? that was me too. Why did you get all these terrible <laughs> uh, comments we directed both at you? Did. We both did. Kels had a lot of stuff directed yeah. at her too. That was so horrible. And she honestly showed us exactly who we didn't want to be. 100%. So I'm super thankful for that. But what was interesting at the time was she had... I mean, she had like a good career. So it was very confusing for us because we were like, I is this what it takes? You know, yeah, like, I don't want to be like I, this. We know absolutely yeah. not. And Kels, there were so many days where Kels would leave the office crying. And oh I was like, God. not as emotional, but I was definitely like, this is absurd. Um, and yeah, the way we were treated was absolutely horrific. I mean, it's okay because we made it yeah you did you <laughs> came like, out the other side the other side and Kels is saying that she always says and she tells her team she lives by it says good always wins and she always says it and she because in LA like it's bad wins sometimes so that's the frustrating that's part that's the hard part it's like or and Kels always says like if they're winning it, you haven't given enough time yet and she always says they'll that. come crashing yeah, down eventually she, and, and honestly that Harvey is, Weinstein and that is know? what happened that is what happened in this scenario oh good okay it did happen and so you can't go through life treating people like that, especially in business. No, and it was so undeserving. We were such young girls. Yeah, just you trying seem positive, to like, yeah, a hustler. It was, it was the worst. And so I don't know where it came from. And now as I'm older, I'm like, okay, that's your own issues that you're projecting. But yeah. at the time, like being in that office, it was horrible. <laughs> so help me understand because I don't want to name the company you work mm -hmm. for and stuff. I don't want to get in that whole thing, right? right? But I became aware of them because I was, it was some reality show yes. I was watching yeah. and like the cool people work there. Yeah. And I was like, why is this job so desirable? Like, I don't get it. Is it because you're around celebrities? It's nightlife. Mm -hmm. If you're in your 20s, you want to go out and go to clubs and stuff. Is that why? I think so. I think it honestly, the landscape of nightlife has changed a lot. But back then... Also, so when the company that we worked for, when they were in their prime with the reality show, we were a little bit pre-social media. And because of that, there was this world where you were either in or you weren't. Social media has changed everything because now you can be in, in a dorm room in the middle of Nebraska. Isn't that crazy? You know, yeah. like you can, because that, depending on your outlet and your- You don't have to be at the cool LA You don't club. have to be there. So social media changed a lot. But before that, you kind of, you know, to be in page six and to you be, did. you did have to be. And so the person who controlled access to that, uh, which was the door and the person who controlled the promotions, which was, you know, the company we worked for and all of that was kind of the key holder to your success. Because that was like, if you can't get in, you're not going to be in the paparazzi and, you know, because you don't have any status of being at these places where you'd be photographed and things like that. So social media has really changed how people, of course, now you can go viral doing anything um, or be, you know, pseudo famous doing anything. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, before, and that was why they were so prominent. And because also being in a place like LA, LA shapes culture for the rest of the world. 100%. And so 
um, that was a big thing. Like all of our celebrities, you know, coming in to that space, if, if those were the places that celebrities were in, then you wanted to be in there. Well, if there's somebody between you and getting in, then that person is powerful. Uh -huh. And then that power, I think, really got to them because <laughs> they really went off on that one. You know, so. you see that a lot too, because I'm kind of semi-connected to celebrity world, just of the people I interview. And right. it's, it's, it's kind of a weird type of world because you got a lot of gatekeepers there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hangers on that you're not really kind of quite sure mm -hmm. who they are and what influence they have too. Right. You know, I was going to ask you later, but this is a good time to do it too. How closely do you guard those relationships? Because those celebrity contacts mm -hmm. can make or break any business, right. any social media account, mm -hmm. really anything. They can yeah. break whatever they want. Totally. And people want to abuse that. I'm sure you get hit up all the mm -hmm. time. Like, hey, can you put me in touch with Drake? Because I know mm -hmm. you did your party. Like, right. how much do you value? Like, do you keep those contacts mm -hmm. to the grave pretty much? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, that's like one thing I will say about our team. And I think that's why we have such a good client roster is because we are, we just have so much integrity to the brand and my girls do as well. My girls have never taken money at the door. They're unpayable. They're unbribable. They don't wow. share information. Yeah. We have like a big code of conduct and we have a really strong company culture, which kind of protects that integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and that's why we have clients like Kanye West and Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian and, that's you know, unreal. Drake and everyone. But it's because they know that yeah, this is not, they're not messing around. And we, I think we also at this point have a little bit of longevity. We're going on year seven. Mm -hmm. And so we just have that credibility now. Um, and Kels and I always, this is like Kels's point that she makes all the time. She's like, all you have is your reputation. All you have is your word. So like the yep. minute that. And that can go like and that. And that can go away. And Kels always says, she's like, you know, if tomorrow we lost Viper, we would just build something else. But if tomorrow we lost our reputation, that's kind of a situation that's a little bit harder to come back from. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that would be a steeper hill to climb. And so she always says that. So we're super protective of that over money, over anything. Because reputation is one of those things that you can't buy. Right. Which you can buy a lot of things. You can even buy a nice body now. Yeah, you, know, you can it, buy anything. You can buy anything. Yeah. But a reputation is something that's built over time. Exactly. And the world of LA nightlife is really small. <laughs> it's really small. It's really tight-knit. And so the minute that you lose that, you kind of lose your footing. You lose, like, your standing. And it's just – it doesn't matter how much money you have. And that was the thing, too – like I said, the landscape has changed. But back then when we first came on the scene, it didn't matter how much money you had. You still couldn't get in because it wasn't about that. It was about, you know, this scene and the clout and who you were and all of that. And you right. couldn't buy your way in. And so it was really important that we prioritized that reputation over anything. And that's what clubs are built on, right? Going back to Studio 54, yeah. exclusivity, right? Yeah. You don't want everybody in the club. You right. want a long line of people at the door who can't exactly. get in. Exactly. And now it's changed because, at least in LA, it's so different now because we have so much competition of clubs. Like the market's uh, really saturated with nightclubs right now. Such a tough business. It's tough. Honestly, yeah, owning a nightclub, I mean, it's not something I do, but like I've seen it in and out, you know, and we've done like so many closeouts for nightclubs, which is where you do like the numbers at the end of the night because we ran those doors for a long time. And mm -hmm. it's a tough business. Yeah. Um, and it's hard in LA too, because you have a really small window. It's easier in New York or Miami or Vegas because you can go till four o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. So true. you have way more time for people to spend money. In LA, people don't go out till 11 or 12 and then last calls at 145. I know. What kind of so, night is that? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's really hard in New York and Miami and Vegas. Yeah. Clubs make easy hundred grand more, you know, in a night, but you have such a big window. Yeah. We have literally, you know, an hour or so. So it's just, it's a tough one. So I was really thinking about kind of the business. I was doing some homework and mm -hmm. I've got a lot of questions to you about yeah. kind of the <laughs> business, but the original idea of working the door, I read that and I go, that is a horrible idea. I yeah. agree with the bad yeah. boss. Cause I yeah. go, that's so niche and can't mm -hmm. that just be taken over by the company you work for real mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. You know, Which we'll just hire good looking girls, mm -hmm. pay them just to do this, yeah. educate them on how to use an iPad. Yeah. And then yeah. see a Celeste, you're out of business. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was anything really stopping anyone from doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think we were so young that I think we had like we were just naive and we had that on our side. Yeah. Um, because we were like, yeah, we can do this. And I, you know, we we did it well and now we have like 
copycats and now we have people who definitely like try but i don't know i mean there's something about our brand well now we've evolved the brand a lot we do so many yeah. other things but when we first started there was something that kept people coming back and we honestly hadn't really done any marketing but kelsey and i worked so hard on our relationships like we would take people out to dinner take them out to clubs you know send them cookies send them this and just build that dynamic so that they would come to us but so at the time your broke girls yep. living in LA, yep. living with every 20 or something year old comes uh, to LA doing, you're waiting yeah. tables, yeah. you got an unpaid internship. Yeah. How are you taking people to dinner? Well, how are you we, going to dinner yourself? Um, this you is know? how I learned about um, interest rates on credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what, how it went. Um, yeah, it was not easy. So we would basically, all the money that came in, we put back in the company. And we also paid the girls competitively as part of our mission. Um, so Kelsey and I, ended up moving in together to save money on rent, but we okay. couldn't pay rent for a long time. So we were, we used to joke all the time that collections had us on speed dial and they <laughs> did. Collections was always calling us all the time. Um, and then, so I took out a credit card and then I didn't really know much about like APR and stuff cause I was young and this is how I found out and I learned the hard way. Um, so that's what we would Kids do. Take note. Yeah. Take note about what your when your APR is 28% and you don't have any means to pay that down. But I was like, Oh, it's a credit card. We'll pay that Free later. Money. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry we'll handle that later. Um, so yeah, so I learned, we learned a lot of lessons the hard way. But we were making money in the sense that people wanted our service. So that was at least like money was coming in and we could evolve the brand. So like money would come in and we'd be able to go buy an iPad or we'd be able to go, you know, pay a lawyer or do this or pay, maybe take somebody to dinner. We just weren't able to splurge by any means. Sure. Um, and so. Well, what, so what were you charging? Like, I have no idea. What is a service like so this co even it cost? Ranges. Now it ranges. Well, but back then. Back then when we started, we were such a unique experience that people kept asking us for discounts. And I think it was mainly because they didn't know what we were supposed to be charging. And honestly, neither did we. Yeah. Like, we also made it up. It's a new kind we of made thing. It up, yeah. They made it up. Everyone made it up because we just didn't know. Um, so, and we had talked to a different, a few people and said, like, what do you think we should charge for this? And like, Everyone's answers were very weird. Um, Did you just go with the highest number? No. So we would like kind of like make things up that like sounded fitting. Like we'd be like, okay, if we pay this and we mark it up by this and then, you know, we pay X for software and we paid this for an iPad. So if we rent it out, we'll rent it out at this much of the cost. Like we kind of did it like that. Mm -hmm. But then everyone would say, can I have this for half the price? Because we were just such a random thing. Niche yeah, thing. it was yeah. so specific. And they were like, I want this but I don't know if this is the cost for it. Cause we were just new. Yeah. So we gave a lot of discounts just to start like being places. And have um, cash coming in. And have money coming in. We would do everything at half the price. And so, and Kelsey and I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't go to college. She went to fashion school for two years. <laughs> so we were just like, kind of going with it and now now we have like a much better system <laughs> in place. But, but yeah, at the time, so I don't know, we would charge, honestly, like looking back on it, there's probably events where we took like a couple hundred bucks. To be honest, mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, we would never do that now. But yeah. at the time, like there was probably times where they'd be like, oh, we'll throw you a couple hundred bucks. And we would, and also Kelsey and I used to run the door ourselves. So okay. we would show up. So you don't have um, to pay anybody, it's you guys. We don't have to pay anybody so we could put that money back into the account. And her and I ended up moving in together. And there was one point, her and I are like family now, but there was one point where she kept a job that she was getting paid for. And I quit my job to focus on Viper. And so we would like kind of live off of like money that she made from her job. And wow. really, yeah, we, I mean, That's we, shared, a partnership. we shared everything, like from groceries to, you know, we did everything together. There was never, never a time where it was like mine or yours, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So now we're just like, we've just never been like that over money. I've heard before yeah. stories of partnerships. Oh, where, yeah. yeah. Which I understand, uh, but I'm very thankful that we're not like that. <laughs> and how did you... Like picking a partner is always so tricky, especially yeah. in the beginning when you just mm -hmm. need money and you need people. Yeah. Like, how did you live together? It's almost like husband and wife's working together. Yeah. A lot of times that fails because you go home, you see them. Yes. You go to work, you see them. It's just, like, give me a little break. I was just telling somebody that the other day. I was like, you know, I've had multiple like relationships and boyfriends in my life, but I was yeah. like, probably my most intimate relationship was building that with Kels. Oh, because 100%. we were like friends, best friends and roommates and business partners. Um, so we, so you know everything about each other, yeah, good and bad. and we lived together for years and then separated and then moved back in and all of that. And um, with us, I think, so first of all, the reason we jumped in together was really because we both just needed money. Neither of us, when we first did this, had the like anticipation to do this long-term. It was like, 
I need to make money to survive and so do you. So let's run these doors and see if we can even just make $50 or $100 because right now we make zero. <laughs> and when you make zero <laughs> and you're 18 and working a bunch of jobs, 50 or 100 a is lot of a money. lot better than zero. And so that was really all like how we started. And then we started, okay, the reason we incorporated is because, so we would bring these girls, we would bring our girlfriends. They'd be like, oh, I need eight girls, you know, to manage the door for this big party. So when the production company would hire us, I would go in and individually do every single girl's W-9 and submit to accounting. And so I was like, and then I would get all the checks and then pay them out. And I was like. And that's a pain if you keep working with different people every time. That is a pain in the ass. So every time you'd have to fill out a vendor contract for, and I would do it on behalf of every girl because I'm just pulling my girlfriends like, hey, work this, you know? So then I was like, no, we have to incorporate because I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) And so then we had to find a lawyer, which I like found on Yelp. And then we had to like push, you know, I think whatever it was, a thousand dollars at the time, $1,500. Uh, which was difficult for us to find and then incorporate and at least be something where I could at least invoice. And then that was like how we started doing that. Yeah. I used to handwrite checks and mail them out, which is nuts. (laughs) Speaking of checks, I love the story of you actually early on got a personal check from Drake. Yeah, that How was that was that? pretty crazy. I don't know why it was from him because usually yeah, you it's figure it's not. like a management yeah. company or something. But I remember we got it because it had like something had happened where we were like last to get paid because something they were like they had hit me like oh we're late on yours. I'm so sorry. I'm having it mailed right away. And so I was like oh it's fine. And so when it came, I was like this is literally from Drake. And I just thought it was so <laughs> funny. And Kels was like that is pretty wild because usually it's from like their team or their of company course. or whatever. Yeah, yeah we should have kept that one honestly. But I. <laughs> I remember it was I remember posting it on my Instagram being like this is kind of crazy. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. When anyway. so you you've got money coming in and the uh, the thing I was going to ask you too is data. Mm-hmm. So I've been to events and mm-hmm. you, you know they ask you all kinds of different things yeah. depending if it's like a brand event mm-hmm. or like a celebrity thing. Yeah. But they're always asking you for phone number, mm-hmm. emails, all just right. random stuff. Is there money in that and who owns that? So we license out a software and okay. so that software yes they have access to all of it obviously we pull you know our own data for our own needs and we will be launching like a newsletter at some point we've been saying that forever but it's coming <laughs> yeah, yeah um and it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but yeah i mean there is money in it and there's we have um certain clients where we don't touch their data those are like our super high-end clients and we would obviously again it's not worth it for us Mm -hmm. and for a while we played with creating our own software for this exact reason but we ended up not doing it because it was such a big undertaking and we could have raised the money for it but that market's really saturated like the guest guest list guest data event management software market is just so full already um, and I was like, I don't know if this is like our fight. Like, I don't know if this is our route, yeah. you know? And you, yeah, it could have been, and there, it could have been a big payday, but it also could have not been. And taking and, your, your focus away. Yeah. And we also weren't like tech girls and we, we did, um, contemplate it though. So we did talk to investors and we did talk to people in tech and we did talk to people and say like, maybe we could hire this person. So we, we played with the idea for a while and we ended up not doing it. Um, and I think the route that Kelsey and I have really settled on that we feel good about is creating more of like a platform of like the Viper space that we can push content through and push a newsletter through and really use that data. Cause we do have a stupid amount, (laughs) like an insane amount. Um, And, you know, potentially push ads through or offer to um, marketers and things like that if they wanted to do a kind of a unique form of content with us. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think we're headed with that. Um, And that's the way that we'll utilize it. You know, so I was reading, I want to talk about each Mm -hmm. kind of your business and how you expand it. But the one that was interesting to me is, is there like, is it called the Viper Marketplace? where brands can go on and kind of book yeah well we never launched that oh you never launched it okay <laughs> but we talked about it i heard you talk um, about the it reason, so i think the reason we set up like a very crazy intersection because we set up the intersection of like talent to work a door times guests who want to attend doors and then the artist or the brand activating said event so we sit at like a really unique intersection where it's like we had the idea to do that marketplace to really like kind of cross all the paths. But I also like, I think there's a big risk there because you need the user base for it. And like, that's also like, that's kind of a separate business, honestly. Like whenever you push into tech and push into like needing a consistent user base, 
that's really where I was like, I don't know if this is it for us. Like, yeah. and also just like something I've learned. I love Viper. Viper's like my baby. Kelsey and I talk about this all the time, but like one thing like I won't do ever again is like scale a service-based business. Um, <laughs> and like, that would be like, not that I would tell somebody not to do it, but I won't ever do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so because of that, I'm like, we're just so experienced. And like as founders, I'm like, whatever we do next, how we evolve the brand, I don't know if it will be based on evolving marketplace or user base or service or like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at with that. So, you know, it sounded kind of, hey, we don't want to get in the data stuff. We don't want to get in the marketplace stuff. So there's a lot of don'ts. Yeah. So what is the core mm -hmm. Viper thing that yeah. is a yes? Yeah. So we where we're at with Viper right now is, so we do a few different things. We have, um, of course, Viper doors. We also do Viper ambiance, which is like brand ambassadors and promo models, which is my favorite thing ever. Um, and then we do Viper casting. So you can cast the girls to be in your videos or in your audience or anything. So like we shot something with Kim Kardashian. So if you watch her Legally Blonde video, it's actually my whole team is wow. in that video. Yeah. Um, I've seen that. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, we do things like that. Or you can book them for a photo shoot. Like we just shot for Kappa, shot for Dickies, things like that. So wow. like, I really like that. And then Kelsey and I also consult. And so we have our bigger retainers too. So we have like Viper for SoFi Stadium, which is like um, where if you go to SoFi Stadium and you go to the Fieldside Lounge, it's our whole team. So it's like run by, uh, it's the Bootsy Bellows Lounge. So it's run by, oh, yeah. it's like my managers, my bottle servers, um, my hosts, all of that. And then Kelsey and I consult for them as well, just like on the side of how to raise their VIP experience. And so like we also do long-term partnerships. Like we just opened up a pop-up pop at the Grove, which runs for a month. So it's like the Carl Lagerfeld, Cara Delevingne pop-up. You're not messing around yeah, with these so brands. We've done, yeah, so then that one, you know, those, those ones are a lot better. And I think that's like something that people never saw in the beginning. It was very much like, you guys run the door and it's like, we didn't know where it was gonna go, but Kelsey and I knew like it, we could push it in different ways. And that's what really what we've done. We've really like massaged the brand into different places. And we're working on a casino deal right now, which would be Viper Blackjack, which is like so cool. It's so wow. good. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Um, and so we've just kind of like pushed the bounds of the long-term relationships and like hospitality and where we can mix in. Um, and then I'm hoping by Q4 of this year, like we're going to start pushing out merch drops, but they're not Ooh. really, they're not like corny merch. They're actually, it's like a really good concept just for like the world that we play in. So we're just right now evolving the brand in different ways that make sense to us where it's not a huge undertaking, um, where we would be, you know, raising a ton of money for data. It's such a separate business and it's not to say we couldn't do it. It was just like, I don't know if this is our journey or where you should be spending your yeah, time I don't know like it's like do we want to put the time do we want to take the money and raise it do we want to focus on all of those things and like hope we get a sustainable user base and it's like no yeah <laughs> I don't <laughs> so when you talk about all those different businesses who is Viper at the core mm -hmm. now whether it's you know you're in marketing right so mm -hmm. you know about being on brand right so whether it's the merch drop or the yeah. casino thing i'm sure you have a vision in your mind of right. this is what it's got to look like right what is what do all your businesses kind of have in common honestly everything i really think is the viper girls i really believe that because this is like your point of interaction at any of these events like and i always tell people like when you go when you go to a Rams game, like you don't meet the players, you meet the Viper girls. When you go to Drake's birthday, you don't necessarily talk to Drake, you <laughs> talk to the Viper girls. When you go to a cannabis event, you don't meet the owners or the growers, you talk to the Viper girls. That's true. And that's like really what we are, we're that liaison between a brand or an artist and their fans. And so anywhere that you place the girls, cause we've done such unique experiences, um, they're really like, the face of that. They're like that touch point. And when you have all of these brands that are so, a lot of brands nowadays are just D2C anyways. Mm -hmm. So it's really important when they do activate because that makes a difference. If I have a bad experience with a brand in person, I probably won't shop there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much competition now that it's really important you have a good experience. And so that's like really what we are. And like the girls can assimilate in different ways. They can be a brand ambassador, they can be a promo model, they can be a model, they can be a bottle server, they can be at the door. But at the end of the day, it's the Viper Girls. Yep. And it seems like, so how did they evolve? Because 
your focus sounded so much as being an unpaid intern in a tough mm -hmm. work environment. Yeah. It sounded like from the beginning, it's like we have to pay the girls right. Mm -hmm. We have to have the best you know, work environment for yeah. them. It sounds to me, because I spent a lot of time interviewing, I've interviewed every influencer you could possibly mm -hmm. imagine. So it sounds like they're kind of their own business now. It, are you kind of like supporting their entrepreneurial journey of like, yeah. hey, you, you get brand deals and that's fine mm -hmm. and you come work for us and you want to do X, Y, and Z. That's cool. Like right. build your own thing, girl. Yeah, that's actually what we're, um, that's actually like our, our next play that we're in the process of doing is management. And so that we brought on, um, we brought on, do you know what FaZe Clan is? Of course. Okay, yeah. So, I interviewed FaZe, I wouldn't do FaZe Banks, but I did FaZe Rug. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the, the VP of talent um, at FaZe, we actually brought him on yeah, our advisory that. board. Yes, yeah. one of our partners. Um, and really the one of the main reasons for that is because they we're- They kill it. Yeah, and we're pushing into management. And so that was really why that was a big thing. So that's something that we've been working on with him and like our council um, to start managing the girls and representing them in-house. And it was something that, honestly came from the girls. We had so many girls that were like booking work as models that would come to us and be like, I hate my agency. Like, is there any way you can represent us? And, and that speaks well of you guys that they yeah, want to work right. with you more. And I was like, sure. I mean, I'm not going to say no, you yeah. know? And of course there's rules and stuff and like things about being an agency and being above board and all of that. But that's really what we're pushing into now because I had these girls that were like successful at what they do come to us and say like, I, I because the agency model is, kind of trash. You said that before. So what is yeah. the model and why is it bad? It's just, I think now it's just changed a lot with social media because I mean, social media has changed everything before you needed your agent and your manager and stuff to book work. And you know, there was, it was so competitive. It's pretty crazy too, because when I look at the agents now that I know personally that I have meetings with, you can see it in them that they're kind of losing their their like competitive edge because people can book their own work now. They don't, they don't, they don't need, them. need it. And so it's helpful, but they don't need it. And so that was something where there was like, I think agencies started having a lot of issues internally. Cause that was what I was hearing from my girls. It was either like, they're not, I'm not, you know, booking as much or I'm getting pushed out. Could have been anything. Could have been like, oh, you know, they're taking the 18 year old girls and I'm 23 or 24, or it could have been the follower count or it could have been anything. How important is that? It sounds, it's true. I've talked to actresses and they go, yeah. if, you know, equal talent, we mm -hmm. look the same, yeah. they're going to look at our Instagram following, whoever has more, they're right. going to pick them. It's yeah. That's like, one that's thing. a thing now, it's, right? It's a thing, but it's funny because everything kind of flows in trend. And so the new trend I'm seeing with my brands is they're going for the people without the followers because huh. it's more organic because with the followers, is now too polished it's too fake so everything is like so cyclical that i'm like i who knows where we'll be next <laughs> but that's like something that i'm seeing with our brands now is oh we do want to do content but we want really organic content from normal people we don't want the super fake phony because now everything's an ad uh -huh. and so when everything is an ad and everything the supply is so high they're yeah. like mm, no more. Now we need the opposite. Now we need real people replacing like our marketing campaigns, which is interesting because I'm like, everyone just works so hard to build their following. <laughs> I know. I'm not that like they're like out of luck or anything, but it's just interesting. Like, so now I'm seeing it change yeah. on my end who's doing like the deals and stuff like that. So that's interesting. It's funny because that's like my whole pitch with the show mm -hmm. is I, I didn't sell a company for a million dollars. Like me, I was like, corporate sales guy for right. 10 years. I used to sell cars. Yeah. Like, so for me, like if I'm in Paris Hilton's house, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm in Paris Hilton's right. house. Like right. I have no business being here right. at all. So like, this is wild. Yeah. You look at the other people mm -hmm. and it's like, the host is the business of them. Yes. We're a thought leader. Yeah. Uh, buy our course, take right. our masterclass. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. I've had enough. And that's the thing. And I see it. And I've always had a unique relationship to content because I've never pursued it and I never did it. And honestly, like, you are now? right now I do it smart as sexy, but on my own, like I think about that, like had I built content while building the business, I probably would have been really successful, but I just had always felt so, it just felt so disingenuous to me all the time. Um, but it is something that I do think it is so important. Like you have it to be is. a content creator. Yep. Um, honestly, in any space you're Even in. Even if you're an entrepreneur, especially. Especially. <laughs> you look at a guy, and I don't know anything about the space, but yeah. I know who Dave Grutman is. Exactly. I follow him. I don't exactly. even know why I follow him. Right. I don't live no, in Miami. 
know. I don't go to clubs. You have to do it. Like, he I does know. a great job at it. He does it. a great job. And I know I have such a weird relationship to it because I honestly hate it. Like, I hate. Yeah, and look, you don't have it. I expected you to have this huge following yeah, and pictures of you and no, Drake and this I don't whole do any celebrity of it. vibe. No, and, I know. I don't do any of it. I tried to, like, get on TikTok and, like, I hate this too. I don't know. I but just it's kind of cool that you don't. I appreciate that. You know what I really enjoy is the I really podcast. think so. I really yeah. like, I enjoy the podcast because I, I enjoy, like, long form content. I also think yeah. I grew up, like, reading books and I was talking to Kelsey. We talked books before. You guys can't see this, but there are books in boxes everywhere. I don't know if they've been read or not, but it looks good. They've been read. All right. But that was the thing. I grew up reading books. And so I just really appreciate long form content. And so doing like um, the TikToks and the, it it always like lacks integrity to me and not saying that it lacks integrity for everybody else. But that's why I think I like the the podcast because it's like well thought out and like well researched and like it's not 15 seconds of clickbait. Yeah. So that's always been like a weird a weird thing for me. How's the podcast going? Because I listened to a couple episodes mm-hmm. and you're you're doing it again. It's something mm-hmm. like you took a little break and now you're mm-hmm. back again. Yes. Um, the podcast is good. It's so fun. It's called it's, Smart is Sexy. <laughs> it's called Smart is Sexy. And really how we started was, it was at COVID and Kelsey and I um, were, so we obviously work in LA nightlife and we deal with tons of like women and like that scene. And there's a lot of great things to it. But one of the main things that we see in LA is like, you know, sex sells a lot, of course. Um, but during COVID, we saw like a very big jump to the world of like OnlyFans, kind of in like a large quantity, like actually like a very large quantity. And the money, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've interviewed some of these. The money some of these girls making is mind boggling. Yes. Yeah. And not so, always for being naked, for feet right. pictures or just could random weird stuff. It could be anything. And so, but what it did was it sparked a conversation for me and Kels because we were like, okay, I know where to go if I wanted like the sex content or even, you know, like the big, because at the time, Call Her Daddy has evolved now, but Call Her Daddy was a big sex like platform yep. uh, podcast for a while. So we we're like, I know where to find that. And then we were like, and I know that if I wanted like, women who were more like smarter more evolved like I know where I would find that like I know who I look up to like maybe it's Oprah maybe it's Michelle Obama maybe it's Mindy Kaling whatever but we were like where is that in between space 100% you know of like being young and being like still on that journey and that grind like maybe you're not you know at the top and like super mature yet but you're also not like super raunchy and like that where is that in between of like both smart and sexy. That was like a conversation that we had had and we felt like we built that with the Viper girls. Yeah, absolutely. Because the girls were so beautiful, but they're also so smart. They're so intelligent. They can speak to a brand. They can speak to people. And so that was really how that concept came about. And we were like, what if we just started having like our conversations and maybe bringing on guests um, and calling it smart and sexy. And so we ordered like shitty equipment off Amazon. I think we spent like a total of like a few hundred bucks (laughs) and just sat at our dining room table. And that's how we started season one. Yeah. And then now here we are That's <laughs> in our studio. Well, talk about too, you bring up a great point. I'm a, I'm a guy, so I don't understand this because me, kind of how I dress, like I like sneakers. Mm-hmm. And then like when I'm, that's really it. Like right. when I'm dressing for something, the only thing I think about is I don't want to be overdressed or underdressed. Right. Like I want to be appropriate. Right. That's the only thing I think right. of. Yeah. Now girls, it's a whole different thing. A lot goes into it. A lot goes into <laughs> yeah. it. and. I read that early on you wore turtlenecks mm-hmm. to, and you're, you're a good looking girl, and yeah. so is your partner, a good looking yeah. young woman. Yeah. And I'm sure you don't really want to be in turtlenecks, but right. to be taken seriously, you had to do that. So we right? had to do that. And we honestly, we always knew that we wouldn't do it forever. Like we always had the execution of like, okay, or the strategy that we're going to do this now, and then later we're going to do both. Because Kels and I were. You know, we shot for Forbes, but we also shot for Playboy. And that was actually, I, I don't know. That's if people, super cool. Yeah. And I don't know if people think that was random, but it was not random. That was something that we wanted for so long. I actually like when I posted the article I posted because I had like a manifesting list from April of 2019. And it said like, shoot Forbes piece, shoot Playboy piece. And they happened to come out right next to each other, which that was random. Um, they came out back to back. But How many people have been on both? I'm guessing it's a right. short list. It's probably a short list. And that yeah. was that was like really important to us down the road was we wanted to do that with smart being That's both cool. smart and sexy. That was like very important to us. And so um Because you can be both. You can be both, yeah. yeah. And so, but when we were first starting out, we were already just such young girls being like in our early twenties and being in the nightclub scene yeah. that we knew like we we kind of did play the game a little bit in the sense where we were like, we were always in a turtleneck or like a coat. I always had like glasses on because I wanted to do the best possible job of like 
mitigating that and being yep. like, okay, well, I'm taking you. Cause I would take clients to nightclubs, not for like the going out, but it was kind of our business. It's your job. It was our job. And we actually had to spend a lot of time at nightclubs because it was our job. And that was like how we took over doors. And that was how we started to meet people. So we just did our best to like dress a certain way. And I talk about this now is like, there was a few years where, cause I really don't dress that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so looking back, I'm like, who is that? But, um, you know, it worked for, for the time because I also think that people, people like, a lot of our clients were like older men or like the corporate world. And I just think there is something about looking like them in terms of closing that deal. Because if we had come in looking like young girls, like young nightclub girls, I don't think that these bigger brands were going to be like, yeah, you seem like the great fit to take over my most important like data, (laughs) you know, at the door. So we just, we had to play that game. So has it changed now? Can you wear a short skirt (laughs) in a meeting with, uh, you know, a CEO or a head of marketing in a big company and be taken seriously? Yeah. Now I can do it because now we have so much credibility of like who we are. And Mm -hmm. also I really, uh, there's also so much that has changed in me and Kels as founders, because we really know ourselves now and we know the business and we know like back then, I think we were so worried about like, we, I mean, I always have dealt with imposter syndrome. I think every founder has. Um, But now I'm like, I know my shit. So I'm like, it doesn't even matter. And I have the work to speak for it. Like our numbers speak for it. Our brand speaks for it. Our clients speak for it. It's like the proof is honestly in the pudding at this point. So now it doesn't matter um, as much. I mean, I still, I I wouldn't necessarily do that, but like I I could if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, now I'm like much more relaxed or I'll take, you know, if I'm just going to sew house or something, I'll be in like a cute sweatsuit or something like that. Like I'm very, I'm way more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And I also just don't care. I'm like, (laughs) you know, but that comes with time. I wouldn't give that advice to somebody just starting out. I Mm -hmm. think there's a level of playing the game. Talk about because imposter syndrome, we all deal with it. But I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes early on. I would have it like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a check from Drake. I'm at a party with Kim Kardashian. Yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah. I'm just a normal girl yeah. who couldn't pay her rent two months mm-hmm. ago. Like, Yeah, and, and honestly, even when those were coming in, I still couldn't pay it. And that yeah. was the thing. That was really, first of all, Kelsey and I both grew up from very humble beginnings. We didn't come from any money. So it's not even like we were familiar with this world. We were not. And we were not familiar with any part of that. And also her and I are very, we're very genuine. So we didn't, we were never comfortable like faking it. Like we were always like very honest about who we were. Um, And yeah, we couldn't pay rent. And I remember there were times where like I couldn't afford shampoo and conditioner. And I specifically remember the day that Kels couldn't buy dog food because all her cards kept declining for like $30 dog food, maybe less. And so, but then we'd have to show up and be like, yeah, this makes sense that I'm here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, so I belong. A, yeah, that there was a lot of that. And that was the hardest part. It's like believing in yourself enough because you're like, this, this not adding up, but something is adding up. So imposter syndrome is tough. I still deal with it sometimes because I'm still, even like I get- I do. Yeah, when I see the numbers on our podcast, I'm like, you guys listen to me talk? <laughs> like, you know, I like that always gets I'm me. I'm the same way. You like, you, you watch, like you watch my stupid no, stuff? Thank, yeah, yeah, my-, my content team like my editor she had texted me like two weeks ago and she was like oh this you know this video of yours just hit 440k and I was like wow you listen to me talk like that but it's weird for me why do you listen to me yeah (laughs) so I still have it I still am like but I mean I guess you just I don't know I don't know when that goes away it hasn't gone away yet what advice do you have for you know younger women Mm -hmm. especially who are kind of breaking into you know a career or new Mm -hmm. industry and have that Is there any advice you have for them? Honestly, I would say just like the biggest thing I did for myself was I really got to know myself. That's something I think people in LA slip up on a lot. They don't get to know themselves. Like I spend a lot of time alone and it makes me way more secure as a person. Mm -hmm. But I've seen, especially in Hollywood, like it's so easy to like lose yourself. And I have a lot of friends and I love them, but like they can't be by themselves. They can't miss a party. They can't skip something because they're so, yes. I don't have that. I was actually just in New York for fashion week and it was Saturday night. So we did an event Friday and Sunday or Friday and Monday. I don't know. Um, and it was Saturday night and all my friends were like, come to this event, come to this event. And I was like, "Mm, 
or I could <laughs> order pasta and buy a bottle of wine and read a book, and that's what I did. Nice. I just don't have like I don't have that, but I think that that's so important. Like if you have to be everywhere and you can't spend time alone, like you're just gonna lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for any any industry, any career. Like if because if you always are like needing to be on what other people are on. I don't know how you'd build for yourself. Mm-mm. That was like the best thing I could tell anybody is like, just find you because that's always going to be what works. Yeah. Like anybody who's successful, I feel like it's because they did what worked for them. And they're authentic. And they're authentic, yeah. which is the hardest part, Hell honestly. Because yeah. you get, I mean, at least for me, I'm always in my head. Like I text Kels like multiple times a week. Is this cool or is this corny? <laughs> you know, I never know. <laughs> yeah. like, um, and Instead of just going with your gut. Yeah. Like, I just I think just it's funny. Yeah. This is why I hate content because I overthink all of it. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't know. What advice do you have too for staying grounded? Like how do you work life balance? Like you're a hustler mm. and I love that. Yeah. You know, you're on your grind always like, but it sounds like, I mean, hey, I'm not going to the event. I'm reading yeah. a book and having pasta and chilling yes. and sweatpants. Like, what do you do to, do you like consciously make time for that? Or do you just get, sometimes I get to the point where I just, you run so much mm-hmm. and then you just exhaust yourself and then have to take it. Right. Instead of being like proactive ahead of it yeah. and going like, I need to yeah. ch- some me time. So Kels and I have two different answers on this. So I'm going to give her answer too, because she'll be like so mad if I don't. <laughs> Kels is a big believer in work-life balance. Kels thinks it is so important to like live a happy life and like go hiking and like spend time in nature and like spend time with the people you love and like show up for your family and all of that. And like, not miss things that are important to you and like shutting off work. Kels will not, she sets a rule for our team during busy seasons. She's like, don't text each other past 7 p.m. about work unless it's unless you absolutely have to. Don't call each other before 10 a.m. She doesn't wow. care if we do it, but yeah. she doesn't want our team doing it. Like even during Super Bowl, she set that rule, which is like the, a really busy time for us because she, she is like really like, you guys need to also relax. You need to decompress. You cannot, and like she doesn't let clients dictate her life or anybody's life on the team. Wow. Um, if a client emails on Sunday, she will let them know. Like the team, will, she won't even let the team answer. She's like, you don't respond. Like they can wait. Yeah. So she's like a big believer wow. in work-life boundaries. I am like less of a believer. <laughs> I well, you have like, to have a balance, right? Yeah, and not necessarily for my team. Like I think the team should of course have boundaries, but for me, for I'm like, for me personally, I'm like, I'll miss your birthday. I'll miss anything. Like, <laughs> I, I am, I'm just like that. I'm like, I haven't called people back in weeks. I haven't texted anybody back. I'll sacrifice that. Yeah. Um, the only thing like I don't really sacrifice is like my own solo time. And that's just because I need it. Like I can't really create at work if I haven't had time to like, and it could be anything, just going for a walk helps me a lot. Yep. Sitting and reading a book. I need time alone. Um, but I'll sacrifice like relationships, I'll sacrifice social life, I'll sacrifice anything because I'm like, I don't need that balance. Um, so her and I have different responses on that. So yeah. I had to give her hers too, cause she would be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more like you and I need alone time. I mean, I'm in a different place. I have, you know, wife and kids mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's hard. You don't get a lot of me time, right? right? So I, whenever I can get it, I like treasure that right. like, and make time for it. So. I don't go to every party and I don't call Same. friends back all the time, but my wife does and mm-hmm. she that's important to her. And it was her birthday this week. Mm-hmm. It was her birthday yesterday. Oh. Flowers were arriving at the house mm-hmm. all day. Right. Gifts were arriving. Because she's a good friend. Because she's she, a good yeah. friend and she calls people <laughs> she back. Gets that, but yeah. my birthday yeah. rolls around. <laughs> no, I don't there's nothing. Right. You know, I get it from my mom. Right. I get right. like a gift yeah. card or something, right. you know? No, and my so best true. friend, like that's it. It's hard. You kind of have to pick. And that's the thing. Like I'm It's just, hard to do both. I'm someone who I'm like, I'll pick the work. And Kelsey's is like, <laughs> I will not. I will pick both. Um, and that's, but that's been us since the beginning. Kelsey's mm-hmm. always like, I want kids and I want marriage and I want a happy life and I want balance. And I'm yeah. all, I've always been like, I'm going to build this and yeah. like, I'll get back to you on the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, we definitely differ in that. Nice. She's, she's good at it. Well, what else are you promoting? We got the business. The business. We got the, the podcast. podcast. Honestly, that's kind of it for us at the moment. We are going to start drop, like doing merch drops, which I'm really excited about because 
their, I don't even like calling it merch because I think yeah. merch can be like very corny. When I, because it's got a bad connotation. When I hear merch, I think of an influencer with a hoodie. Yeah, see, it's not that. We honestly, like what we're doing is we're doing like custom pieces. We work with this one creative agency and like a few freelance creatives and we're doing custom pieces that are around, they're basically influenced by different um, parts of the Viper business. So like the Viper hmm. Casino is like kind of like a casino themed pieces and they're all like really high end limited drops. Um, you know, the Viper SoFi, we have something coming out with them. Ooh. So things like that, that are like pieces of, um, they're like, some of them are collaborative with like our clients, which are fun. And then others are just custom pieces that they may say Viper or they may have like our snake on them, but they're all just like really well done. Um, and that's why I hate calling them merch because yeah. they're like cool sweatsuits or like a jewelry collab or things like that. So I'm excited about that as well. You know, one thing too, we're almost out of time. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned brands and you work with a ton of brands, mm -hmm. so you know it. People watching this, you know, people who follow your podcast mm -hmm. and stuff, Everyone wants to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. Everyone's a content creator. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants money and brand deals. Yes. So what advice do you have for working with brands, mm -hmm. seeking them out, finding them, even getting them to notice what you're doing? Yeah, honestly, it's, this part is hard because I think the market is so saturated, but like I understand it too, because it is such a creator economy that it almost has to be that way because that's just the way brands work now. Um, the thing that I've seen like the most success with is being authentic and actually liking the brand. Like I feel like that you have to start there. If you don't actually like the brand, I, I wouldn't reach out to them and pitch anything because like that just doesn't make any sense and you can kind of tell. You um, can tell. You can tell. And I think it's really just I, the only thing I could say, I mean, I think this is cliche is like the authenticity of something because I just can tell when like, if like something is so posed, um, and the way I always pitch, this is just personal to me. I don't necessarily know if this is the right advice is I always pitch a narrative because like, mean? just, just saying like, Oh, we'll post this with a discount code that does nothing for me. But if and it I, doesn't really do anything for the brand either. I don't, think. I would, I would. I would say no, because yeah. I have friends that own pretty successful brands that have that use influencers that have millions of followers and they don't always convert to sales. Nope. Um, so, and what I would say is like, I always pitch a narrative. So if, if I'm pitching myself or if I'm pitching Kelsey, I'm going to pitch probably a founder narrative. So it's like, okay, let's take a brand like, I don't know, I'm just going to make something up, Skims. Like I would pitch, you know, how we were Skims as founders and yeah. like, here's the narrative of like, a day in our life going from work to a meeting to the gym and how I wear that. Cause that's, there's a narrative tied to that. Now that sells like a lifestyle. Yeah. Whereas like, I'll see people just saying like, here are my glasses. Here's 25% off. Here's it's a like, Warby Parker deal. Use checkout. What, whatever. what does that do for me? Like <laughs> yeah. nothing that doesn't give me any emotion whatsoever. And yeah. I think now because there's so much, so much supply, like if you don't appeal to somebody's emotion, it just doesn't work because that, that will happen to me. If something, if I see something and I'm like, oh, this is like, this brings out an emotion in me, like a feeling of luxury, I'm going to buy it on the spot. But if I'm like, this, I'm just going to keep scrolling, you yeah. know? So I think you have to do that. I, for me, I'm always going to go the narrative route, but I don't know if that works for everyone. I don't want to yeah. give like bad advice. No. Um, that's just something that I would do. I think it works better for the brands too, because mm -hmm. I look, yeah. no offense to bang energy. I've drank them. I love right. energy drinks, right? But you look at them and you go, the brand's so cheap now because Extremely. they'll give a deal to any Joe Schmo yeah. influencer. Yeah. You know they don't even drink it. It's also, they're still running like the half naked girl thing, which I'm like, didn't we lose that a couple years ago? Yeah. Like, isn't that gone? Apparently <laughs> not. Maybe, maybe not. it works. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I still think it, I think about Instagram trends and I remember when that was such a big thing. Yeah. Where, like the half naked girl was like making sales and I think about that now. I'm like, how? not working yeah <laughs> um, but it's yes, changed it's, so much it's changed a lot yeah so and that's the thing i just think there's so much content like unless you're appealing to an emotion unless you're showing me a narrative and showing me like oh i want to live that life it could be any product but you have to show me that i want some part of that lifestyle um that's like how the way i would go about it and true you bring up a great point about influencers too you know a lot of it's fake. You see, because yeah. I've seen the other side of things, and you, I'm, I know you have, yeah. where you see, wow, on paper, they've got 5 million followers, mm -hmm. they got this and that, you know, everything looks polished. Yeah. But then you go, they couldn't sell 10 pairs of Warby Parker glasses. No. I also, I know a lot of those people up close and personal from the nightlife world. And in LA, like, 
I will say clout is a form of currency because it does get you a lot, <laughs> but they don't have any real currency. And so then what, that's always been interesting what do you to mean? me. There's so many people with tons of followers that don't make any money. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting too, because I'm like, we like what an illusion, you know, that we're- It's LA, it's lots of illusion. such an illusion. And that was always interesting to me because there's people, I have no followers, yeah. um, but I probably make a lot more money than people with, you know, millions. I'm sure you do. Yeah. And so that's what's interesting to me is I started seeing that up close and I was like, okay, this might not be like- like a solution to everything. Yeah. And that's where I think narrative comes in. Because if you don't tell a story, like how, okay, I can only see so many pictures of you until I'm like, I, you know, I know what I mean? Yeah. Like at that point, I'm like, what is this doing for me? I have to be invested in something. There has to be a tie there. Um, and that's what the Kardashians do so well. That's why they can sell anything because you have yep. that storyline in it. Yep. So that's the way I would go about it if I was going to do. It's funny too, as a guy, you know, I, I'm guilty. I follow some beautiful women yeah. on Instagram right. like everybody else. Right. But I had unfollowed this one woman in particular because it drove me insane mm -hmm. yeah. that every picture mm -hmm. yep. was perfect. Yes. And I'm like, that is such bullshit. Such show bullshit. me. Show me in bed eating yeah. pasta, yeah. feeling fat. Right. You know what I mean? Wearing pajamas. Right. Like or I want to like see that this side. Super edited, super like high profile. Everything is a professional photo. I'm like, how do you guys have the time? Kelsey and I talk about this a lot too because there was one time where she was like running an errand and she was in Beverly Hills in the middle of the day mm -hmm. and she was like, do I look homeless or does everyone else look? And I was like, Kelsey, they don't work. That's what I'm saying. Does anyone work? Because I work all day yeah. and I can tell you that like most days and that's why I'm always in a sweatsuit, you yeah. know, with my hair up or whatever, because I'm like, I work all day. Sure. Or, and if I, if I'm also getting a workout in or I have to run an errand or do anything, it's like, you don't have a film team with you, no, number one. you know, so I'm like, I always know when people are like just sitting there posting pictures every single day with their makeup done, I'm like, you don't have a job. So this is different, yeah. <laughs> you know, and LA is funny like that because, um, like I said, clout is currency here. So it works mm -hmm. a little bit in yeah. terms of a social setting, but I don't think there's any longevity in that. And nope. like, there's no because way. Because there's always going to be a better looking dude always. who has better abs than yeah. you or a better yeah. looking girl out there coming up who's well, younger. There's always going to be the new trend because now we're yeah. seeing the new thing is oh, never mind. We don't want the super, super big influencers. We actually want the more organic ones. I'm like, oh. so it's always going to be a trend. So I'm like, okay, you got to just do what you like. Because <laughs> like you do what works for you. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. Finally, I mean, you've shared so much good stuff too for the young entrepreneur starting out, the young you yeah. <laughs> who goes, I got this little idea. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just need a couple hundred dollars mm -hmm. extra a week would make a big difference in my life. Yeah. And they're kind of starting down that yeah. and seeing some little success. Like, what do you recommend? Do you have any advice for the, the young entrepreneur mm -hmm. starting out? I would say um, the best thing I could say is know your sh Because something that I did is I, I mean, I've always been a big reader, but like I was always in the library. And I talk about this on my podcast. I'm still at the library. And it's kind of funny because now we have like- I love libraries. We still have like Soho House memberships and SVB and all of these things. And like, I'll still work out of the library. I have like my library card to make- Do you change. really? Yeah. And Kels makes so much fun of me. She thinks it's That's so That's so awesome. Yeah. Because she thinks it's so corny that I have my library card on my keychain. Um, but I still work out of there, but I always was reading books, researching. And I, I'm like a big, I'm going to sound like I'm like a hundred years old, but like I'm like big on long form content like books and like like well you read, thought out you podcasts. read books you don't read them on a kindle right no I read i'm old school books. too i yeah, like a, there's I something different book. about yeah, paper exactly i can't do the kindle thing no i can't even really do an audiobook maybe but i would rather me read neither it. Yep. I, you know i prefer that but i don't like i know how much i don't consume a ton of tiktok but i know that a lot of content gets pushed that way and like I think that's cool and I think there's benefits to it, but I wouldn't skip over like the long form because I think way more integrity goes into like writing a book and like having to get testimonials and having to fact check it and all of that. And so I would like really just learn your craft. That was something I did with Viper. Um, taught my, we never raised money, but I did teach myself how to raise money in the event I needed to. Taught myself how to own a business. You bootstrapped the whole thing? The whole thing. Good every single you, thing. Guys. Yeah. Every single wow. thing we did. We're still to this day, just us. Good for um, you. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about, but we did all of that. And, uh, that's what I would say. I would just say, know your shit, learn it because I've been in meetings where I've actually, it's funny. Cause I've been in meetings where the other person didn't know what they were talking about. And had I not known, I would have been completely swindled. You know what I mean? Like I would have been just completely bamboozled and taken for, you know, anything. And so 
Um, that was really important because when you like, you're like, oh no, I have the knowledge and I've read this from like authors who actually took the time to write a whole book or like to do like well thought out podcasts that are actually like real, you know, well (laughs) researched. Um, then I feel like you have more confidence and you can actually do things, but consuming all the info on, on social media, like for me, is just not a solution. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know because people might have an opposing argument, which I'm sure there's. I like it. I think there's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. You know, YouTube's great for learning things, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, hey, my toilet, I don't know how to fix anything. Right. My toilet won't stop running. Right. Like, what do I do? Right. And then you can YouTube it. I YouTube, oh yeah, I need a new yeah. stopper. This is how right. you put it in. So it's cool for stuff like that. Totally. But there's certain things that sitting down, yeah. reading a book, and I think there's also something that it does for you mm-hmm. that I think maybe short form content almost, it's got to do something to the brain, right? It has to. Because I think sitting down mm-hmm. and reading a book and coming up with a picture in your right. mind. Maybe I sound like I'm right. a million years no, that's old. that's how I feel. I sound like that because I'm also like, it, it takes, businesses are not built overnight. So if you want to build them, you need to be in it for the long game. If you can't even sit and get through a book, you know, then yeah. I got news for you. So I think, and I, I do, we've actually done an episode on this is like our people that are building today, like, do they even, do they lack a little bit of integrity? Because if something does well in 15 seconds on TikTok, that doesn't, mean it's going to do well in real life as a real company, as a real brand. Um, so yeah, I would say if you want, if you want long-term, like invest that long-term energy and things like that. Yeah. And play yeah. the long game. I think you guys have done a great job. At yeah, that. definitely. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is really me. fun. Yes, I had a great conversation. Same. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Of course. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for watching. If you like this, we do new interviews every Tuesday at 10 a.m. We also have a podcast. If you can't sit and sit still and watch a whole YouTube video, we've got them so you have them on the go. The Tom Ward Show on anywhere you get podcasts too. And we interview people from all walks of life. So I've got rappers coming up. I've got a big tech startup founder, a really big one coming up. So you never know what you're going to get. But every week you're going to learn about a new business and also get tips on how to run or start your own. So thank you so much, guys.